We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 11 p.m. You know, just another slow news day. Nothing going on in the world. Nothing happening in the U.S. No animosity anywhere. There's no, you know, critical issues that could affect the planet. Nothing. I mean, this is a boring Wednesday evening. And words can't express how much my tongue is right in my cheek right now. So I'm glad you are with us this evening. We've got lots uh, on tap this evening. And before we go through that, I, I want to give you a little bit of information. Uh, the the email address for my law firm. I get a lot of emails when I'm on Camo X. I respond to everyone. In fact, I was on, uh, I think it was last Thursday night and over the weekend, I got a lot of emails from listeners. Always appreciate that. So if you ever want to send me an email, my email address, beyoung, B-Y-U-N-G, at harrisdowell.com, H-A-R-R-I-S as in Sam, D as in David, O-W-E-L-L.com. And if you're listening to Camo X, great. Thank you. If you're listening on the AM side, perfect. If you're listening on FM 98.7 or even on the Odyssey app, you can download that. I had uh, somebody over the weekend tell me they always listen on podcasts, which is also perfect. Fantastic. This is the At Your Service podcast. However you can listen, we appreciate it. Uh, You know, the biggest story of the day, obviously, the big story is Afghanistan. And in the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to be uh, breaking down the the Afghanistan situation. President Biden spoke today. He came out of his bunker in Camp David and decided to actually uh, say a few things about it. So we're going to go through that. And uh, we're going to talk about what he said at the end of July, how he was talking about the upcoming withdrawal of U.S. forces and how monumentally wrong he was on every point. I'm going to just give you his words. 
not to bash him, but to talk about the issues and the ideas and the values uh, and, and how they were just wrong. And so we'll break that down in the nine o'clock hour. But I, I just can't resist this one news story about Afghanistan before we uh, while we're still in this segment. Universally today, media, I mean, you know this, this is not a shock to you. The mainstream media is predominantly left. We all know that. But even this morning, the mainstream media was extremely critical of President Biden. And for the first time in a long time, I thought they were actually, to borrow the phrase used on Fox News, they're actually fair and balanced. And because they were actually asking the tough questions, pointing out the discrepancies and the contradictions, and they typically don't do that on the left. I mean, even Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show, I mean, she she was listed in the emails uh, from Hillary Clinton that got released uh, in 2016. She was listed as one of the number one shills for the Democrat Party. She was on a list of people that Hillary had that said, if you're ever in trouble, do an interview with these people and they will throw you softballs. And, and Savannah Guthrie was at the top of that list. So here's Savannah Guthrie this morning. And she was very stern and was asking fantastic questions to the National Security Policy Advisor for President Biden. And bless his heart, he was a deer in the headlights. I mean, he 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 was like the uh, the 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 trout that on on the first day of trout season down in southern Missouri, when they've got uh, like ten thousand fishermen on a bridge and they're all throwing their lines in the water, he was like a trout facing those ten thousand lines. I mean, anywhere he goes, he was going to get snagged, and uh, it, it was actually kind of interesting and fun to watch. But she was asking real questions instead of softball questions, and so. I also checked on several other uh, uh, networks, and they were all giving very accurate coverage. Now, why am I going into detail about that? Because, bless their pee-picking hearts, the guys at the New York Times, they just can't, they just can't hold back. And so the headline on the New York Times right now is, on Afghanistan and the Taliban, Biden could still be right. And so even in the onslaught of unilateral criticism for how this Afghanistan withdrawal has been handled. Uniformity across the board. Criticism from every political persuasion. And the New York Times is still shilling for President Biden. Unbelievable. Uh, it, what is it? The Washington Post's phrase is democracy dies in darkness. Well, apparently... Uh, apparently judicial ethics dies with liberalism because on this opinion piece and the lead story in the New York Times, they simply can't be critical of President Biden. Can't do it. They can't do it. I mean, it's like asking uh, Mike Lindell what he thinks of President Trump. You know, I mean, you're only going to get one opinion on that. There's not going to be any other issue or side to that argument. So I think it's extremely interesting that the New York Times just, they just couldn't hold back. They couldn't hold back. Hey, coming up after the break, we're going to talk to St. Charles Mayor Dan Borgmeyer because uh, he's a guy that I've been wanting to talk to for a while. There are a lot of things going on in St. Charles with regard to COVID. You know, we've seen this debacle that's been playing out here in St. Louis County. 
And we're going to talk to St. Charles Mayor Dan Borgmeyer on how they're dealing with the Delta variant and surge, but also how COVID isn't the only thing going on in St. Charles right now. Brad Young, at your service here on Camo X. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to At Your Service. You know, you listen to Camel X for lots of reasons. And I think one of those reasons is you like to hear from our area leaders and you like to hear from the newsmakers who are both uh, in our area and nationwide. And we've got one of those folks on tonight, St. Charles Mayor Dan Borgmeyer. Hey, welcome to Camel X. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be with you this evening. Glad you could make some time for us. Uh, yeah, as I got to tell you, one of the attorneys that works in my office lives in St. Charles City. And, and as we break down all of the dysfunction going on in St. Louis County, uh, she said to me last week, she said, don't bring your mess over here to St. Charles. We, we don't need that mess over here. And so I wanted to re I wanted to reach out to you because you know it's it's like uh, you know there's more dysfunction in St. Louis County government than the episode of the Kardashians, uh, uh-huh. and, and yet things things seem to be unexpectedly calm in St. Charles. So tell us what the city of St. Charles is doing right now to to combat the Delta variant, while at the same time 
you're just avoiding all this infighting that we're seeing in St. Louis County. I, I think, you know, I, I really don't think that uh, the situation of St. Louis County people or St. Louis City people has anything to do with the situation in St. Charles. They're all welcome here. They've been coming out during a pandemic and uh, in, in, in quite serious numbers sometimes. Um, our Main Street area, uh, according to fire code, is uh, can handle about 3,089 people. There were Friday and Saturday nights in St. Charles. We had 7,000 people on Main Street. Wow. Uh, our, our police force is, is uh, very well trained. They were very respectful. Uh, we did have a couple minor instances. Well, one major instance, but mostly minor instances for the volume that we had. And it was controlled. We treated them with respect. We welcomed. Uh, they had as much right to be here as anybody else. And it, it, it wound up pretty peacefully. I would say we have not had an incident on Main Street now in almost 10 weeks. Uh, it's very calm. And uh, the crowds have diminished somewhat, but uh, they're still there. As far as uh, COVID is concerned, we did take a different approach than the county and the city. Um, County Executive Steve Elman, uh, all the mayors in the county, we met on it consistently. We all got numbers every day as to what infection rates were and, and so on and so forth. We primarily focused on hospitalizations and deaths. Uh, it's kind of like the, the flu when it's out. You know, you, there's a lot, of, a lot of people that got the flu and they got mm-hmm. over it. There was a lot of people that got COVID and they got over it. So we, um, we did not mandate masks. Uh, my explanation was always, I can't send a cop to the quick trip every time somebody walks in without a mask. Uh, so what we did is we went to the Chamber of Commerce for Greater St. Charles County, which is mostly St. Charles and St. Peter's, but also the rest of the county, and asked them to put out a request to their merchants to require masks to come into their businesses. Uh, I would say that we had at least 90% cooperation on that. Uh, people see, didn't seem to be upset. They knew if they wanted to go in and do business, they had to wear a mask. Interesting. Uh, at the, and as a result, our numbers were as good as or better than St. Louis through the entire pandemic. Wow. You you mean cooperation worked better than top-down tyranny? That's amazing. <laughs> well, we have a lot of patriots and a lot of a lot of very uh, Second Amendment people in St. Charles and St. Charles County who exactly. uh, consider their rights very important to them. And, and we did not want to mandate it. And uh, I was interviewed again the other day, and they said, okay, it's coming back as Delta. What are you going to do? And I said, same thing we did last time. Same thing. What worked before, we'll stick with it. And, uh, uh, and so I want to applaud you. We're talking to St. Charles Mayor Dan Borgmeyer, and, uh, and I wanted to have him on just to talk about some of these issues. Now, you mentioned masks. Uh, last week, I think we saw a rally in St. Charles by parents who were, they were demanding a mask mandate in schools. So where does that issue stand right now? And are you receiving any other pushback from parents either one way or the other? I, I don't get real involved with the schools. The superintendents mostly manage that. Uh, to my mind, and I, I can't speak authoritatively on it, I don't believe we have a mask mandate in the schools. Uh, if we do, that's something that I haven't been involved with. Right. That's not uh, under your authority. But I, I, what I, what, the reason why I asked you that question, Mayor, was just because uh, what I'm hoping to see is that consistency of philosophy. You know, what you just articulated in a minute or two is really the, the magic recipe to controlling this. And I'm just hopeful that more government entities will will mirror your management approach here of of encouragement of trying encouraging people to do the right thing but not necessarily requiring it right i i we're pretty much in lockstep in st charles with the with the uh, cooperation between the school districts and the city and a lot of the other political subdivisions uh so like i said we have kind of a mindset out here 
Uh, and I don't. I guess I shouldn't say we're that much different than St. Louis City or County, but I think in some respects, with with respect to that, we are. Well, and the other thing that you said too that, that to me was truly amazing was that you and the other mayors in St. Charles County got together with St. Louis or St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman. You and the, and the mayors got together and decided on an action plan, a coordinated effort. I mean that. That that's what leadership is is consensus building, and you're demonstrating that in St. Charles County. Uh, we've been very effective. As a matter of fact, the county executive and all the mayors and city administrators meet every month in a different city, and we go over local issues and how we feel about them. And and not everybody feels exactly the same, but for the most part, uh, we have parity with each other, and and we're all kind of like I said of the same mindset that uh, that. Uh, that uh, governs the way we operate out here. Uh, the mayor of O'Fallon's a good friend. The mayor of St. Peter's, Len Pagano's a good friend. Um, Sculiani out in Wentzville. So we all get together and we take and we take a good lead from the city managers because they have the ears and the and the thoughts of uh, the staffs in all the city too. So you can't, you know, your comment about top down, you got to have buy-in. And if your people on the streets aren't doing what what uh, is in in line with what you're talking about then it doesn't work. So it's been a very bottom-up, top-down cooperative effort. We're talking to St. Charles Mayor uh, Dan Borgmeyer, and the other thing that impresses me, Mayor, is that St. Charles isn't just letting COVID stall progress. I mean, I was just at the St. Charles Riverfront a couple of weeks ago just having a good time, hanging out. There was places to eat. Uh, It was a fantastic place to be. What's going on with the Riverwalk development right now? Well, uh, I, when I took office uh, and looked at St. Charles, we're, I, I'm a lifelong resident, born and raised here. Grandpa used to be the U.S. Marshal. Uh, mm. So I have a lot of family history here. And when we looked at the city uh, with the phenomenal growth in O'Fallon, St. Peter's, and the outlying areas, we're kind of landlocked. So the prescription to get us where we need to be for future growth, in my mind, was economic development and sales tax. Uh, we have an aging population. St. Charles' average age is probably in the, in the, in the high 40s. Uh, so we also knew we needed to attract millennials, and nothing attracts millennials like things to do. So we right now, um, it was called Bangard Island initially by uh, my predecessor, uh, a good name, but it, 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 it communicated that we were going to get involved with Bangard Island, which is a land grant it can never be built on, and uh, to, to take it out of the sights of the environmentalists and, and some of the other folks, we re- renamed that portion River Point. But mostly... Uh, we are focusing on 5.5 miles of riverfront from Highway 364, which is Page, all the way out to 370, which is the north limit of St. Charles. Um, the entire five and a half miles is in play right now. Uh, we've been meeting with developers for two years. And then one of the other things I did was what we need to do, we, we have a lot of conventions at our convention center, which we took personal ownership of about 30 days ago. Uh, so we own our own convention center, and it's in our best interest to bring people out and have them stay more than one day. Sure. They come in for a convention, and they stay one or two days, and they go home. It's not really a recipe for long success. So what I asked the city and the council and the, and the members of the, of the uh, governing committee here to do was we, we called it Riverwalk, but it's actually six boroughs. And I kind of took I – I traveled for 20 years, and I've seen a lot of things. And I liked the New York boroughs. They all have identity. Mm-hmm. So to entice people to stay longer, we decided to try to create five or six different identities. So we have North Town, which is, includes uh, a new town on the northern part of St. Charles, which is one of our highest growth areas. And we have French Town, which is the older part. 
then we have North Main, which is where the restaurants and the bars are. Then we have South Main, which is historic. We now have River Point, where Streets of St. Charles and all our new development is. And then we have South City. So really, uh, you come to St. Charles and you like history, but your 13-year-old son wants to do gaming. Uh, so Frenchtown is becoming very vibey. We've had some studies done. We have two brew pubs going in, our first tattoo parlor in the history of the city, some nice new restaurants, some container villages that are being constructed. Uh, actually, we're meeting on that tomorrow. So there's that development. And then you've got North Main, which is where we attracted a lot of people from St. Louis during the pandemic to come and be in our restaurants and be in our bars. Then you've got Historic Main, which has been our legacy and our gem for so long. And now River Point is one of the most successful commercial developments in the Midwest. And we're really just starting on South City, which will be from the family arena all the way down the page. So all of that's in play. We're discussing with developers. We're under contract on a lot of it. So it's pretty exciting right now. Well, you, you just laid out an amazing game plan, Mayor. Or again, we're talking to St. Charles Mayor Dan Borgmeyer. And I, I know that I'm spending more time in St. Charles, and I'm glad that you had – uh, just to you had the the time this evening to come and lay out this because I wasn't aware of all of this extensive planning that's gone on to make St. Charles a new destination place. So I want to thank you for your time this evening. We're coming up here on a break, but I'm sure we'll talk soon. Mayor St. Charles Mayor Dan Borgmeyer. Hey, thanks for coming on Camel X. Thank you. Good being with you. Good to be with you. Hey, coming up after this break, critical race theory. I mean, what is it, and why should you care? We're going to talk to law professor William Jacobson, Cornell law professor, and he's going to walk us through CRT next right here on At Your Service, KMOX. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Welcome back to At Your Service. You know, right now, certainly right here in the St. Louis area, critical race theory is a big deal. You know, last, I think it was last month in St. Charles County, there have even been several high schools here in the St. Louis area where critical race theory is gaining traction. And so uh, uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to reach out to the person that I think is truly an expert in this area, and I've interviewed him before on other issues. It's Cornell University Law School Professor William Jacobson. Hey, welcome back to KMOX. Hi, thanks for having me back. It's great to talk to you. Uh, I wanted to reach out to you because uh, you just made a presentation to uh, 100 state legislators at the American Legislative Exchange Council talking about this CRT issue, critical race theory. But before we get into that, let's let's define some terms here for our audience. I mean, critical race theory is often discussed as simply teaching history that includes the history of black Americans. But that that really isn't what critical race theory is. No, not at all. It's actually not a history at all. It's an approach to society. It views American society as systemically racist. It looks at our systems. It looks at the way we function and it attributes any disparities in outcomes to racial systemic systemic racism. So it's actually not a history. It's a way of looking at history. It's a way of looking at society. And it looks at society through a distinctly racial lens and attributes most of our problems to these supposedly systemically racist systems that we have. Yeah. And in a few minutes, as we kind of carry this discussion forward, Professor Jacobson, uh, I want to try to make some parallels, which I see uh, to Marxism, because we do see this attempt to to push everyone into either the group of the oppressed or the group of the oppressor, don't we? Well, that's right. If, if you took sort of a Marxist analysis and you substituted race for class, then you would have a, an analogy, maybe not perfect, but you know, if you look at the progression over history, didn't start with critical race theory. Before that was critical legal theory. And before that was the so-called Frankfurt School and different critical theories in general that were distinctly Marxist. So, yes, it is a way of putting society into haves and have nots uh, in this context, racial haves and have nots. And so it is, you know, it is an outgrowth of of Marxism. But I think that to some extent uh, loses the picture, which is that is the distinctly racial nature of it. Mm -hmm. It racializes everything. It looks for uh, understanding the problems in our society through a unique lens, which is the lens of race. We're talking to Professor William Jacobson. He's a faculty member at Cornell Law School. He also runs a website that I go to every single day. It's called LegalInsurrection.com, and we're talking about critical race theory. And Professor Jacobson, right here in St. Louis, one of our suburban school districts last year hired a consultant to help them develop a critical race theory curriculum. And it was a Zoom call, and what's interesting was that Zoom call was recorded. And so during this Zoom call with teachers, this consultant had this to say uh, about, I think, the most pivotal event in history of the United States, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Listen to this. Historical uniformity is this notion July 4th, 1776. 
Y'all do know July 4th, 1776 means nothing to black people. So he goes on to talk about 1776 is not really the founding of our country, but our country was really founded in 1619. Is this kind of an example about how critical race theory isn't teaching of history that just includes the history of black Americans, but is really a revisionist history and a paradigm in, in ways to, to view everyone into those groups that you talked about just a few moments ago? Well, that's right. The 1619 project has been widely criticized and they were forced to back down because the whole thesis of the project was that the, um, you know, uh, revolutionary war took place to perpetuate slavery. And a serious historian said that's just factually not it's just true. wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> that's not why it was done. Uh, and, uh, you know, so. When we talk about critical race theory, it's they usually won't call it that. They will call it anti-racism or they'll call it equity or they'll call it uh, culturally, culturally responsive learning. So if in your high school or the example in, that you were talking about, they actually use the phrase critical race theory, that's unusual because critical race theory, as it percolates down to the education system, is other than in academia, is rarely called critical race theory. But if if your program in K through 12, if your kindergartners are being taught that the U.S. is systemically racist, that the uh, the trajectory of a child in this country is dictated by that child's skin color, that the interrelationships between children are derivative of skin color, if those are the concepts that are being taught then that is critical race theory, no matter what they call it. So what we get into is we get into a word game. They say, well, what they're teaching is not critical race theory. And to that extent, you will never find a book in fifth grade called critical race theory. <laughs> well, That's you know, not how it's done. Just just to support what you're saying, again, we're talking to, to Professor William Jacobson, just to, to demonstrate the truth of what you just said. In this Zoom call with the consultant, that the, it's online, it's available online right now, uh, uh, he specifically states, and the teachers he was talking to specifically state, don't call it critical race theory. Use different terms. And they give a whole list of terminology to use in order to, to really to, to obfuscate what the real intent here is. And it, it perfectly exemplifies what you just mentioned. Now, what I want to get to now, though, is you made this presentation at the American Legislative Exchange Council just last uh, last month, I believe. Tell us a little bit about who you were talking to and the approach that you took to educate these legislators about CRT. Well, American Legislative Exchange Council, referred to as ALEC, is a group that provides model legislation to state legislators. They don't lobby. They don't do anything other than present the information. Uh, And one of the areas they're talking about is model legislation addressing issues such as critical race theory. Uh, And their proposed legislation uh, doesn't ban anything. It doesn't do what some states have done. It's more of a transparency sort of thing. So what I wanted to do is present to these state legislators those are the people who are in the audience, my views on what is a smart way to fight critical race theory, recognizing what a lot of the pushback is. And one of the things that I focused on, where a few of the things I focused on, is one, people have to understand that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. That the educational system didn't get to the state it's in now in a year. 
This has been 30 plus years coming. This has been a radical transformation, particularly of higher ed, but now also K through 12. So you have to take a view and put systems in place that will be long lasting. There's no quick fixes here. I also wanted to point out that probably the single best thing that a legislature can do is require transparency as to the curriculum and what is taught, because parents have a lot of trouble finding out. And we have a situation here in Rhode Island, where I'm located now, where a parent is actually being sued by the union for requesting information about the critical race teaching in school. Uh, She did it through the Public Records Access Act because they wouldn't just give it to her. So state legislators empower parents with knowledge because when parents find out what's actually happening in our schools, they are furious, but they don't know. Um, And then focus Mm -hmm. also on K through 12 because that is the easiest case to make. These are children. These are not adults. These are children who are forced by law to attend your school. And these are uh, children where the curriculum has always been subject to government oversight and regulation. So the easiest case for legislative action is K through 12. Higher ed's another problem, but it's a tougher problem because you're dealing with adults. You're talking about concepts of academic freedom that don't really exist in K through 12. So what I wanted to let them know is you have to fight this smart. Don't engage in their word games. Focus on what is on transparency. Focus on empowering parents because the reality is that this fight is going to be fought school district by school district, sometimes school by school. And the parents are up for the fight, but they need to know what's happening. And and there's an enormous disparity of resources. There are hundreds and hundreds of groups receiving hundreds of millions of dollars who are pushing this stuff in our school districts. There are a whole industry of consultants. Sounds like that person on that call, you're you know, is probably one of them. There are thousands of these consultants who make money by pushing this stuff. And then you have individual parents trying to stand up to it. So empower the parents. So that was the point of my talk with them is empower the parents. Yeah, we're, we're talking to uh, Professor William Jacobson. He's a faculty member at Cornell Law School. He also runs a must-read website, uh, legalinsurrection.com. Yeah, right here in St. Louis County area, last year in a school district right next to where my kids go, uh, there were teachers who were telling students, don't tell your parents that we're teaching this. They were literally instructing the students not to inform their parents because they were concerned about the pushback, which really goes to your point of ensuring transparency. Now, one of the things I noticed that you started recently at Legal Insurrection is you've got a, a, an entire website now uh, that's uh, obviously affiliated with Legal Insurrection, but it's called criticalrace.org. Tell us about that. Criticalrace.org is a website that we launched in early February because I began to notice this critical race push last summer because it happened at Cornell University where I teach. And I realized it was a big problem. We put together this re, uh, this website, criticalrace.org. And what it is, is it has a lot of resources on K through 12 and other things, but it also has an interactive map. Now the map is only of higher ed and you can click on your state and you can click on your school and we have gathered the resources. 
And all we have done is gather up the data that the schools are putting out on their websites. So we save people a lot of work. You can go to a website and you can spend hours, but we've already done that. And all in one place is information. And everything is sourced. We are telling you what the colleges are telling themselves. So it can't be disputed. And we provide the source link. We don't, you know, there's no, you know, rumors and things like that. And so what it is, is it, it empowers parents and students who are looking at schools that a lot of the schools on our map may not have very much. And some of them have a lot. You can find out by clicking on your state and then your school that you're, you're looking at. So that's part of our educational effort to empower parents and students to find out what is going on. It proved to be wildly popular. Our first day after launching it, we got almost a million views on the website. Amazing. And uh, obviously we haven't kept up that pace, but it was when, we, when it hit and we realized when we did that, we had no idea. We didn't think it was going to be a big thing. We figured we'd get a few people a day and we got a million views. And that showed us that this is a real grassroots thing. You can't gin up a million views of a website in a day. These are people who um, wanted information, and we're there to provide information. Well, I'm on your website. I'm at I'm on criticalrace.org right now. There's also information on the 1619 Project. There's information on critical race in the news. Uh, and there's even, as you've already said, about the school information, but opportunities to submit school information to your website. So either legalinsurrection.com or criticalrace.org, either place, Professor William Jacobson, I'm glad you are not asleep at the wheel in terms of informing America what's going on legally across this country. And, and that's our goal. I think that a lot has taken place behind closed doors for too long, for, for 30 years. And parents, I mean, there are very, very few if, if benefits of this pandemic, but one of them, maybe the only one, is that parents actually were at home and they saw the Zoom sessions that their kids were doing and they learned. And I think that's why in the last year you've seen this explosion of parental anger because they're actually now learning what their children are, are being taught. Because I heard someone make this point the other day that it used to be when I grew up, we would bring home a textbook. We would bring home work, you know, homework sheets. Yeah, but you don't really see that anymore. That doesn't happen anymore. It's all done on laptops in school. Yeah, well, hey, Professor Jacobson, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but we're coming up on a hard break, and we're going to have to let you go. Again, uh, I appreciate your time this evening, criticalrace.org, legalinsurrection.com. William Jacobson, faculty member at Cornell Law School, thanks for joining us this evening here on KMOX. Thank you. Take care. And when we come back from this break, what do you think about CRT? Give us a call or text 314-436-7900 on At Your Service, KMOX. You know, I'm glad we could talk to Professor William Jacobson tonight because I've interviewed him many times over the years. And he himself has been the recipient of cancel culture, which cancel culture is 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 really an outgrowth of this whole CRT Marxism type philosophy. And in fact, I think it was Saul Alinsky who said that if you're if you, when you find and you want to advocate for radicalism, you have to find your target, you have to freeze your target, then you have to isolate your target, and then you have to criticize your target. 
And Professor Jacobson has been on the receiving end of cancel culture. But now that's going even beyond that. And, and the parallels to Marxism, I mean, we, we didn't get into all of that with Professor Jacobson because he only had limited time with us. But the parallels are striking about how you everyone is cast into a category. Either you are the oppressor or you are the oppressed. And again, the parallel to Marxism is blatant, where everyone was either the bourgeoisie or people who were running things or the proletariat, the people. And so really it's a substitution of race into class structure. And when you look at it from that perspective, you begin to see that CRT is not the teaching of history. I mean, no reasonable American, no reasonable American could be against the teaching of black history. But that's not what this is. For example, again, this LeGarrette King, who was an advisor, a consultant for St. Charles County, here's what he had to say about nonviolence. And in many respects, black history is not American history. All our world wars was about freedom, violence. But yet when black people say, hey, 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 we need to take over, man. We need to burn this place down. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to, oh, no, you should do nonviolence to achieve freedom. It's silly. It's prejudice. So, see, this guy was paid $15,000 by the St. Charles County School District to give them advice on drafting a curriculum for St. Charles County Schools. And that's what he had to say about nonviolence. It's crazy. And if you advocate nonviolence, it's racism. And, folks, that is just not true. You can be for the fair teaching of history, for the inclusion of black Americans. Again, who could be against that? But when you're looking at critical race theory, that's not what that is. It is a recharacterization of history through the lens of racism in order to categorize you as the oppressed or the oppressor. Next hour, we're talking about Afghanistan. Phone lines will be open 314-436-7900. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.